0: Paul, welcome to the podcast. Maybe you could just introduce yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Paul Richardson. I'm Director of Engineering at NM Group. Tim's going to interview me today
0: about thermal ratings. So, Paul, thanks for agreeing to talk to us today. Um, Let me ask you this question. Perhaps you could give me a brief history of line ratings and perhaps you could tell me why they're so important. There's two types of line ratings,
1: really. The first one we should call the, the thermal rating, and that thermal rating is really determined by the uh, physical spacing between the conductor and any object so the physical spacing typically between the conductor and the ground the conductor and a road um, that's made up from um and that and that determines the temperature that the conductor can get to before it infringes that, that uh, electrical clearance limit, whether that be to a road, whether that be a tree uh, or to to ground. (coughs) So that thermal limit's going to be expressed in, typically, degrees centigrade. So a number in degrees centigrade used to, (coughs) used to always be the thermal uh, rating for many lines, in many countries used to just be set at 50 degrees C. So, regardless of the actual physical clearance that was available, 50 degrees C was was just a a set number that was assigned to that rating. Now, moving on to the next stage, we can then look at, at 50 degrees centigrade, what ampacity are we able to put down the line before that conductor will achieve 50 degrees centigrade? So, obviously, that's going to be different on a cold winter's day where you're going to be able to put a lot more on down the line than a hot summer's day
0: where the amount of capacity you're going to be put down the line is it's going to be a lot less and perhaps we could consider so so how are things changed how how was determining the ratings done going back a few years and and now perhaps if we could then move to today in your opinion what's the best way to to determine and to confirm these ratings
1: so, as we said, uh, going well, going back quite a few years, everything would have been based on 50 degrees C. So, that 15, 50 degrees C thermal rating, probably the utility would then have a number of what's called static seasonally adjusted ratings. And those seasonally adjusted ratings would say our typical weather conditions in winter are let's say zero degrees C with a, a certain wind speed. Our typical conditions in spring, autumn will be maybe, let's say 10 degrees C with a certain wind speed. And our typical conditions in summer are going to be maybe 20 degrees C with a certain wind speed. Obviously the numbers that I'm given there are, you know, reasonably specific to the UK and many other places are gonna be a lot higher. So for, you know, for example, in, in, in India, um, when we when we were there, their everyday everyday tension basis, their, their, what they considered their everyday temperature was um, was forty degrees C, and they they didn't really uh, look at uh, seasonally adjusted ratings. So that was that was, um, <coughs> that was um, pretty much standard. Lots of other places, uh, particularly outside of the tropics, will have. This this seasonally adjusted rating, dependent upon whether it's in summer or winter, depending upon that seasonally adjusted rating, that will then spit out uh, a certain ampacity. So, 1600 amps maybe in the summer before the conductor is going to reach um, 50 degrees C, whereas in the winter, maybe 2200 amps before that uh, conductor is going to reach 50 degrees C. Later, as things progressed, um, lines were re-rated, maybe with better grease on the conductors, so that so the conductors could operate higher, or maybe they took advantage of newer types of conductor systems, so the you know all aluminium alloy conductor, um, and increased the temperature at which those those conductors could operate. So then we were looking at sixty five degrees C initially, then seventy five degrees C, ninety degrees C hundred degrees C numbers like that <clears throat> and again in each of those cases there would be seasonally static adjusted ratings that would assign an opacity for summer for the conductor of maybe 2,800 and in the winter maybe 3,200 so we're getting to get an increase there moving on further I guess we're looking at the use of high-temperature low-sag conductors, and those high-temperature low-sag conductors, as you, you know, guess from the name, um, they don't sag a great deal. So that means it takes a lot of ampacity for them to reach, for them to uh, to 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 reach to infringe that electrical clearance limit. Also, they're designed to be able to operate in high temperatures. So the the, the design of the current carrying medium means that they can carry very high temperatures. So in that case, we could be talking about 180 degrees centigrade. And obviously with 180 degrees centigrade, that's going to put a massive um, increase on the amount of ampacity that we can get down that line, both in summer and even more so in winter. How would I, any changes to that right now? The only thing that I would suggest is that obviously there's economic considerations around whether you want to go to high-temperature low-side conductors. If you've got a constrained line and no real ability to look at construction by any reconstruction by any other method, then it's a, a, a you know fantastic approach. The other thing that's available is that <clears throat> is it really appropriate to take three se- uh, seasonally Adjusted ratings, whereas I know that uh, some states, some utilities, for example, they take twenty four. So they look at each month, and they say that they've got a, for January they have a nighttime rating and a daytime rating, and for June they have a nighttime rating and a daytime rating. So that's going to give you a bit more flexibility. Makes it a little bit more complicated for the the guys in the um, in the you know in, in dispatch to, to know. The the, uh, the temperatures, but I'm sure that's not beyond the wit of man to be able to put something in place to, to help them manage that. But beyond that, why just stop at 24? Why not take um, predicted weather conditions, or taking a step further, take actual weather conditions, and use those actual weather conditions to be able to determine precisely how much ampacity it's going to take to put along that line to reach our thermal capacity limit, whether that be the 50 degrees C of many years ago, the 65 degrees C of when we started, the 75 to 90s of moving to triple AC, or the 180 degrees C that we've got with the high temperature, low side conductors. And if, we, if we're if we using um, all of those techniques, then you know we're absolutely sweating our assets and making the best use of the
0: tools that we've got available. Yeah, just to summarize that, Would it be fair to say then that as time has gone on, the materials used have improved, the ability to um, use, you know, to to have a policy in place that takes into account different conditions and increase the um, the the accuracies, I suppose, of of how you're how you're treating and determining um, ratings has improved, and is is there also an aspect of how we we measure and and, and model these about presumably has as improved as time has gone on as well yeah yeah so
1: um so obviously going back to the days when we were looking at a uh, 50 degrees c rating everything would have just been a confirmation uh, a ground survey confirmation using traditional techniques to say that yeah this line is good for 50 degrees c uh, the way that utilities would look at that now would be to turn that on its head and say i don't want to prove that this line is good for 50 degrees C, I want to determine precisely what this line is good for. If this line is good for 51 degrees C, that's a slight improvement. If it's good for 78 degrees C, I'm going to take it. You know, so they would, we've got with the intention of doing a a very detailed uh, power line survey, which would provide the Precise thermal limit before which that power line is going to infringe the uh, the, the the first of its electrical claims limitations. So it's just a kind of a difference of approach. But um, yeah, materials' uh, ability to model correctly and um, people processes and probably they've advanced in that in that order as well. Materials having advanced more greatly um then the ability to model and determine uh, those precise limitations and finally probably lagging behind just a little bit is people and processes in being able to to um to adapt to take advantage of the uh these tools that are available that's great thanks very much paul